Welcome to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. My name is Randy Fine, and I am the host. And of course, today, as usual, I have an amazing show for you. Uh, but first, let me remind you, if you are not a subscriber to the Randy Fine channel, please do that. That way, I'm putting out at least two videos a week. So if you're a subscriber, you'll get them immediately. And, uh, and then give us that thumbs up when you like it, okay? Uh, today's special guest is Stephen Tuhig, who is the founder of Mastering Change. He is an international speaker and has traveled worldwide teaching a blend of strategy, shadow work, and spirituality. He has extensive study in mindfulness, mindset, business organization, business optimization, shadow work, all right, we already said that, and uh, facilitation, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, group dynamics, peak performance. He's, uh, he's got it all. And um, today we're gonna be talking about the impact of shadow work on psychedelic integration. And I have no idea where we're going with this, but I know it's gonna be fun. <laughs> Good morning, Stephen. <laughs> Good morning. How are you today, Randy? I'm doing very well. And you? I'm doing phenomenal. We just came from a, a shadow ceremony uh, last weekend, so I'm still decompressing. I'm kind of wide open and raw, so this is going to be a very, this is going to be a great conversation. Okay, good. Okay, so I know that you trained, you worked under and studied under Tony Robbins. Yep. for like 10 years mm -hmm. a little over that a little over that yeah a long right. time and um how did you get into doing that uh well the simple answer is i bugged them kept bugging them until they hired me <laughs> that's the easiest way to explain um i was at that time i i did my first shadow uh engagement what i call shadow ceremony uh april 2000 i was introduced to shadow and it was um it was life shaking, like the, the earthquake below my feet. I knew I'd gotten a hold of something. And I saw him, uh, I saw a video clip of him um, stand somebody up and with 20, 30 minutes, their life was never going to be the same. And I, and I saw the same thing happen on what we call the carpet uh, during the shadow ceremony. I said, that's it. And so um, I knew that if I wanted to continue to learn this technology that I'd learned, if I wanted to develop it and I wanted to, I needed to be around people that were operating at that frequency. And so I needed time in the box. And so I went to work for Tony and he commissioned me to interview well over 10,000 businesses. We did strategic interventions on. And what I was using is how is shadow at play in business? That's what I was studying. How did, how does shadow work impact the business? And every business problem at the root of it was some blind spot that they didn't know or some um, assumption that wasn't true or some miscommunication due to some um, error in thinking that was that if you follow it down is typically rooted in some kind of a shadow belief that has wherever the wherever the abnormality wherever the there's three types of problems you have normal pathological and or normal abnormal pathological that pathological problem is typically rooted in shadow Okay. And so it just kept growing and kept growing from there. Hmm. And you had uh, a traumatic incident when you were a toddler. Um, <clears throat> and that is something you've been working on. Do you want to share the incident or 
talk about the the, the oh, trauma yeah, that I, it caused? Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm not a therapist, a guru, or anything like that. I'm just a a guy who um, I'm a normal guy. I guess that's my superpower. Is I'm just a normal guy. <laughs> and when I was when I was when I was three years old, my mother um, my mother couldn't take care of us for even there's more there, right? But the, the, the situation you're talking about, mother couldn't take care of us. Um, somebody tried to rape her, cut her hands up. She couldn't take care of us. And so we went to live with my dad and um, my dad was married to another woman who had some mental, some other stuff she was dealing with. And so she beat me, uh, she starved me. And then she pulled all my hair out, shoved me in a corner. And she would, she would shove me in the basement during the day while my dad was gone. And then she would let me out and she would say, if you say anything, I'll kill you and your sister both. I guess I look like my mom. Um, and this went on for a while. It's three years old, preverbal mom and dad are God at three years old. So I can't explain the, the, the sheer terror that, um, I must've been. And I, and, and of course the mind keeps you safe. It's so much pain that the mind doesn't share that. Well, then when mom got me back, um, the, the prevalent thought at that time is just don't say anything. It'll go away if you just like, don't say anything. So yeah, the, the behaviors went away, but that feeling as though, I was going to be trapped. It, the mind takes a meaning. And if you, if somehow it's a, it's deeply rooted in survival as it was for me, it fractalizes it. It uses that meaning everywhere. So it bled into every relationship with people, places, things, and events. It was always, how am I going to get trapped here? How am I going to get stuck here? So I would walk into the, the engagement, the, the, the relationship I'd walk into the room, so to speak. And the first place I looked for was where is the place where I'm going to be trapped? Well, now fast forward, you know, we're, I'm a 40 some year old man and I'm driving around. We're on date night, me and my wife, my loving, amazing wife. And, um, you know, how'd you like, what'd you like to eat tonight, honey? And I'm looking at her from a, well, why do I always have to pick? How come I always have to tell you what I think? How come you never tell me? You see how it's rooted in that? Why are you trying to trap me? Like, why aren't you in this basement with me? And, and so that drove me. Um, to suffer in some unbelievably ways and to cause suffering um, in unbelievable ways. And, but I knew, so I just kept chasing whatever that, that was trying to get underneath it. And that's what led me down the road that I'm on now. What a horrific way to start life. Well, we all start life out of trauma. I mean, I think that when you really look at it, I mean, Stanislav Cross goes through the four matrices of birth we all come into this life through trauma. Like we're all suffering from some form of uh, pain associated with being human. And this is why the Buddhists say life is suffering. It's about leaning into that suffering and, and learning. So yes, very horrific, but the value in that I was, I was invited, many are called uh, um, to go down there and actually take a look at that. And go, okay, what is that? And how does that show up in my life? And um, how am I impacting those people around me? And, and again, this is not shadow work as in done. Shadow work is never done. You're either doing or, or it's doing you. you. Shadow work is never done. And so this is something now I have a part of me that's got, I got a little sticky note that sits right in front of my mind that says trapped in a basement. And anytime I feel certain, certain triggers that I go in and I'm, I'm monitoring and when they come online, I go, Am I, do I feel like I'm being, I do, I feel like I'm being trapped in the basement again. Okay, hold on a minute. I'm living out of a story. I need to go back. And that's a moment in time for me to go back and, and, and meet that eternal youth that we all have inside of us and go, okay, buddy, come here. 
come out of the closet. We're okay. We're not there anymore. And, and start that, that what the Celts called a, a soul retrieval, uh, reunifying myself with that part of myself that got left back there. Okay. It's still trying to protect myself from being there. Right. Sounds very much like inner child work. Um, but it sounds like you go a step further with it. Well, it, it can be in a tribe work. Like, again, we did shadow ceremony just this weekend, and we didn't go back. We went forward. We can go back. We can go forward. We can go side to side, up and down. Uh, the only limitation is the limitation that we place on the work. And if we listen, they'll tell us where we just kind of follow them. Like a true shadow guide, a true shadow guide has no answers for you. Like, I, I, I don't know, because I'm not in the story, the subjective experience of the story called Randy. I don't know that. You're floating down the river of the story called Randy in the boat called Now, and you're always in the boat called Now, and you're always in the river called Randy. I'm always in the river called Stephen. I'm not in Randy's story. And so um, sometimes it is. Many times it is, because we have these multiple identities in us, and we do this thing on... Uh, in our integration group, we call it uh, we call it loading a sacred identity or or closing the circuitry. There's not only that little person in you, but there's a sacred identity that that wound brought online for me um, because I've been trapped in the basement and I've seen what it's like to be trapped in the basement. I can many times in the outside world this 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 yearning to 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 plug that hole in your life. This, there's a superpower that comes on top on front of me that now I can see in the dark in a way that I would have never been able to done had I not had to go through that horrific experience. And so your suffering is sacred in many ways. If I can find a way to integrate it in a way that that lines up with the true story um, and not the plot that I'm living out of. I'm intrigued. Um, it sounds really interesting. And I don't know if you know what I do, but I'm a narcissistic abuse expert and coach. Yep. And um, so a lot of my listeners, watchers, um, are people who have suffered way back to childhood. Yep. And it's it sounds like a really great approach. So if you were to define shadow work, how would you or explain it? How would you explain that? Yeah, well, first we have to define. Um, well, let me define shadow work and then we can start to go into shadow. Um, I define shadow work as the subjective experience of diving into the deep conscious to unlock insights, break through barriers, and heal wounds that have us trapped in cycles of suffering and confusion. Um, shadow, the current, um, the current definition of shadow, I don't know that I completely fully agree with because I don't know that that's actually what's happening. Uh, the current definition that's kind of the Z, in the Zetgeist is shadow is the uh, the parts of ourselves that we hide, repress, and deny. And yes, parts of us that are in shadow are those parts of us that resist. But I don't think that's a full definition of shadow. Shadow is, you know, you're floating down this the story called Randy in the boat called Now. And right now in your head, if you're listening, just say hello not out loud, right? In your head, just say hello. And there they are. And they're always there. And, and they never, they're never quiet. The mind is, it's always feeding you, telling you something. And it's, and it's running. If you look at what it's doing, just go in your day, the mind's running scenarios, constantly running scenarios. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Well, National Science Foundation suggests that 80% of your thoughts are repetitive. 
notice that it's the same thought basically over and over and over. So it cycles, and, and that's because the mind craves patterns. Over 20% of your caloric intake is based is focused on just keeping the brain, uh, the nutrition flowing into the brain. It's the most energy-intensive organ that we have. And so to compensate, it starts to load patterns, and it's always craving patterns. Well, the main pattern we've all been taught to make meaning of our world is what's the story here? So we're living out of these stories, and when the mind makes up a meaning that story that this is the story it then takes that meaning and then plugs it into all the other meanings and says okay this is true and once i buy into that belief like the sun is going to come up tomorrow the mind wants to automate it's built around uh allowing you to create meaning so that you can stand on top of that meaning and create another layer of meaning so inside the boat you have the hello which is your conscious thought the words that you're con conscious of and it's full-fledged Hollywood studio. It's not just words, it's visual, it's smells, it's, it's emotions, it's like the whole movie's happening inside my head. And then you have the boat. And the boat is, I, I call it a crust, it's presuppositions, right? You'll hear somebody say something like, well, I was just trying to make myself feel safe. I check boxes to make myself feel safe. Oh, well then the presupposition, if you're checking boxes to feel safe, the presupposition here is I'm not safe. And then you have the water. Well, the water is what everybody currently calls the unconscious mind. I think that's a misnomer and it, it kind of sets us on the wrong path. I don't think it's the unconscious. I think it's the deep conscious. Layers and layers and layers and layers of meaning that we're standing on top of. And 3.5 billion years of the meaning that we've made as humans has been survival rooted. So yeah, National Science Foundation suggests that it's actually 90, over 90% of your thoughts are repetitive, um, but 80% of them are negative. They're rooted in attack thoughts, awfulizing, negative bias, confirmation bias. They're just meaning that has been made that is based around how am I going to survive this? And if I'm making my meaning, if the water that I'm floating on is how am I going to survive this? Well, then I'm always going to have to be in survival mode because there's always something that I have to be surviving. And so the, the, the shadow many times is that deep water. It's not just the negative. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's uh, your deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure, right? That's in there too, in the shadow. And, and then it comes outside. We call it coming out sideways. And then when it comes out sideways, I then, I then am asleep at some level because there's this deep conscious thought because thoughts that have already been thunk are cheaper than thoughts that you're going to think. It's easier to light that up so it's lit up and now i'm experiencing life through this meaning and what happens i believe is because i'm unconscious to my deep conscious and i'm rooted down in that my somehow some way i transmit that to you and if you're not conscious of the work that's going on down there if you're not oh i've got this algorithm that says i'm going to be trapped in the basement now i am being called to make meaning out of a danger that I'm experiencing that somebody else is experiencing and I don't know it. So then my natural reaction is go, well, what's my danger? Well, my danger is I'm not going to be good enough. Or my danger is I'm going to be a bum. Or my danger is, is you're going to, you're a predator. And now I have then taken on this role and now that causes shadow boxing and we come together. Um, and, and then and it's like the old Jerry Maguire lie. You complete me coming to that relationship with the lie that you complete me automatically says, I need something out of this relationship to feel whole. 
which means that I'm coming to the relationship to take, not give. I can't not. And now I'm incomplete in the relationship. So now I'm feeling less than to begin with. And the, and the shadow boxing continues. That's all shadow. It's about getting underneath all that and going, wait a minute here. You're not who I thought you were. And my wife, well, you're not who I thought I was. Okay, let's get to know each other and learning how to communicate in a way that allows us to, to love each other through our, around our wounds with it. love her wound, not get fall into my wound, become aware of it so that when my wife is suffering, I can be there for her in that suffering. And when I'm in my suffering, she, cause she can trust me. She knows I'm doing my work. She's doing her work. She's not getting sucked in hers. And now we can start to have a real relationship. And it's not just the crust of all the, all the reactions based upon the algorithms that are running. It's a phenomenal concept and it makes so much sense. I mean, I'm hearing as you're talking about it, I'm hearing pieces of the work that I do with people. However, it's not all integrated in the way that you're saying it. And um, my understanding of shadow work was that, you know, the dark side of yourself or the side of yourself that you don't like. But, um, and I never really understood why that was important to to discover you know i mean yes we need to admit who we are we need to know who we are um but i don't know about you know dealing with your shadow but this is very different to me it is it's yeah i mean we we've done uh, i've been around the world now i've spoken in front i don't know how many people and i've done over tens of thousands of these these facilitations and um, it's heartbreaking to watch somebody maybe working with a couple and it's like, he feels like he's trapped and he's not experiencing love from her. Well, what's the deep yearning here? Well, I'm yearning for love. And she's over here feeling as though, you know, she's disappointed because she's always, she's locked into the, the frame of disappointment. So she's got to experience disappointment. So now they're triggering each other and what she wants really at the core is love. And what he wants really at the core is love. But these lies that we're telling ourselves about not being good enough, nobody's going to love me. If you leave me, I'll die. I'm going to be abandoned. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be smothered. All these lies that we react out of unconsciously in the deep conscious keeps us stuck in cycles of suffering and they'll divorce and then they'll go marry somebody else. And it's like, you're doing the same thing over here that you did over there. Yep. You're doing the same thing over here that you did over there. That narcissist, I like to say I'm a recovering narcissist, which is not really true. It can't be. It can't they don't be, recover. Right? Well, <laughs> and, and for me, it was because I was, again, trapped in that basement. I was in so much pain that my whole task was to get out of the basement. And because I was so focused at the core down in me, at that one task of finally getting out of this basement, then it looked as though... And, it, it, and the experience of, and, and in reality was, because that's what happened, a very selfish, a very uh, narcissistic looking, but I imploded. I didn't, ex I imploded. I just went in and locked myself in a prison. And then, and then I externally created that prison and, um, and had to do the work to get out of that. So it's yeah. similar, I mean, but so, not. Someone right? who um, has narcissistic personality disorder, which is what you know I'm talking about. I'm not talking about somebody who's got narcissistic qualities i'm talking about somebody who has the personality right. disorder generally it starts with her, a horrific childhood incident like that like you had and um it's so horrific and they can't face it so they 
develop a, a false self and that becomes their representative for the rest of their life, um, which takes away their ability to feel empathy, love, generate any positive feelings inside and everything is constantly about getting narcissistic supply because the false self isn't really a person it's a it's an image portrayed uh, it's a portrayal you know so it's very interesting but um you came out of it um you know children what you're saying is you know is that children don't know how to deal with these things they have no life skills and they can't um they can't put it together in their head they can't make sense out of it they can't soothe themselves because they don't have the skills to do that and so whatever we adapt to survive in these kind of situations is what we take into adulthood yep yep, yep. And, yep, yep. and this is this is the problem with a lot of people yep, yep. and that's why i like to say in many ways shadow work is brainwashing because we're going to take your mind out. We're going to dive down in it. And for me, it's shadow work for shadow work's sake is really this. It, we do this. We're doing shadow work. Like the, it's an interesting concept that it's it's what's really interesting to me is how it's not more of our part of our society because we are all suffering at some level from this, you know, thing that's written on my glasses that I can't see that's written on my glasses. And so I'm projecting it onto you because I my, I believe the mind is trying to write itself. There's this part of me down here that doesn't seem to fit in. Like you said, it's a separate self and it's a separate self because that part of me has been disengaged from me. And so this other part of me comes online and says, I got you, buddy. I'll take care of you. And then it starts chattering. Well, look around the world. Like we all have this false self loaded in us. But, you know, like you said, some people are never able to get down into that, to get underneath it, to take that part back start to integrate that uh, that eternal youth, start to really go into their genius, their authentic genius. Like we're all genius. Genius is in its root word means be true to source. That source is coming at you purely. We think that it's Albert Einstein. We think that it's Steve Jobs. And yes, those people had genius <laughs> coming through them, but we all have genius coming through us. And that false self keeps us blocked. And so what, our, what we do at the Shadow Tribe is we're here to so try to support you with really connecting with your authentic genius so that you can live the fullest, richest version of you. And when I can sit on my purpose, doesn't matter what's going on in the outside world. This is who I am. And now I can, I can, I, my axis mundi, what, what the center of you, like you are the center of your universe. The center of my universe is now inside of me. I'm not being drugged through my life. Like I'm being towed behind a ski boat. Cause I don't know how to ski. I bounce all over the water. It's, it's ugly. You don't want to see it. Like, well, maybe you do. It'd be a great TikTok video, right? But <laughs> I'm just not that guy. <laughs> I'm just not. Yeah. Um, you know, what you're saying about that, it, this needs to be more common in society. This needs to be, this is a, a there's a huge gap when it comes to mental health, there's so much that is not touched upon. And, um, you know, if it would be so important for this to start in elementary school. Yeah. Teach these yeah. children at young ages um, to be mentally, emotionally, mentally, psychologically healthy, and then 
even if they're going home to an abusive situation, they have tools. We need to give children tools. Oh, that would be so exciting. You know, when you, we, we, uh, we have twin daughters um, and, you know, the, this is not an, this is one of those genius dumb ideas that um, parents get, you know, what we'll do, they wanted kittens for their birthday. And uh, you think it's an easy, I think it's, I always think it's an easy decision to get a family pet, but then as soon as you get the family pet, you know, now you got another mouth to take care of. Now you got another, and I love the kittens. Don't get me wrong, but that's a bad idea. Never they gotta, they gotta get a vet. Yep, you got, yeah. So we got these kittens and I was watching them the other day and they were playing it. What were they doing? Well, they were hunting. They were hunting each other. They were attacking each other. They were doing what the, 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 the algorithm of cat, the, the archetypical cat is built to do, but they were doing it at a young age at their best ability. Well, what happens when we go see little people? What do parents tell little people to do? Go play. And when we go play, what do we do? Well, go back to when you were a kid and you would go play. You would, okay, I'm going to play. We're going to play. We're going to play cops and robbers. I'm going to be the robber. You're going to be the cop. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And everybody picks an identity. Everybody picks a role. And then we would sink down into that altered space as children. We would go down into this deeper kind of uh, deeper level of thought. And then we start to play out the scene as if we're that person, as if, act as if. And mom would come back and it's time to go. Give me 10 more minutes. Okay, you get 10 more minutes, then we got to go. And well, what are we doing? We're trying to finish up the scene in our minds. Well, if cats are doing what cats, if kittens are doing what cats would do at full age and they're attacking each other, and if kids are playing, that's what they're doing at their age. What are we doing as adults? Well, that's what we're doing as adults. Multiple, multiple layers of telling story. And, you know, we, I got to this place where I was doing this shadow work. I'd been doing this with no psychedelics. I, and again, I do it in business. I do it. I've got a lot of clients that I work with in business that don't touch psychedelics. A lot of people that I work with one-on-one -on -one that don't work with psychedelics, but I was still rooted in that. Something's trying to trap me. Just wasn't getting underneath it. I needed support. Mm -hmm. And so I went to ayahuasca mm -hmm. and Iowa, I call her mother Aya um, because that's the relationship that I've built with the plant. And I remember, you know, the first ceremony was really just lights and colors, but the second ceremony, um, it was a daytime ceremony. We were down here at, um, in Orlando because there's a place here in Orlando that's a church that I work with. And I remember I was sitting in the daytime ceremony. I remember looking around and everybody was there. And then I closed my eyes and then I, and, and, and from you, you looking at me, what you would say is I fell asleep, but in whatever happened, I, all I did was really blink. I blinked and then all of a sudden I woke up. So it's like waking up from a dream that you don't know you're having. And it felt wherever I was, whatever I was experiencing felt more real than this feels. It was, this is really real. Like what, what is this? And I remember looking over and there was this feminine, um, there's just, just this feminine presence. And I remember she didn't care if I saw her, didn't care the weather. She was just radiating love, radiating love and concern was what she was radiating. It was just, she was concerned. She was radiating love. She didn't care whether I noticed her or not. It was, she was just, the concern was just the concern. I believe that's the sacred mother archetype and its purity is that desire to nurture. nurture. And I remember asking her, so it's all story? Mm -hmm. She said all story all the way down to the gaze of God. <laughs> and then I woke up or I fell asleep, depending on how you look at it. And I looked around the room, I looked around the, 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 the grove that I was in and I saw this weird stuff. And then I closed my eyes again 
and I fell asleep or I woke up, depending on how you look at it, right? Um, and I, I turned over and now I'm bawling. I'm, I'm just sobbing profusely, like purging through my eyeballs, my nose. And I'm just, it's coming out. I, and I remember just being in this utter, and that time I was dealing with this trap thing and, and I'm still trying to get under it. And I'm like, well, then why do we suffer? Why do we forget? And Randy, she started laughing at me. <laughs> now, not laughter as in like, like kind of like that. It was kind of like this cute little, not like this little kid is, he's so cute not like that but it was like just this like, like a knowing know, like a yeah knowing. like you you know the answer to this question right. and then you know the, the what i learned later on by sitting with sitting with tribe the root word for human being in arabic is to forget that's the root of human beingism is that we forget and i'm here because i forgot that the stories are there because that's what the human condition, we go into these stories and we live out, we are meaning, we are meaning making trees. And we make whatever meaning the tree is, is programmed to make. And for me, the, 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 the fruit that I was making, you're going to be trapped in a basement. And so that's what I was experiencing. And as I was experiencing that, then it was this biofeedback. I just kept creating this outwardly. And so it's this, it's, it's, you know, psychedelics came online when I just kept following, I was following practicality. Tony teaches what gets reported, gets measured, what gets measured, gets managed, what gets managed goes exponentially. Like everything was, had to be, have a practical impact, seven, seven basic human needs, um, all, all the neurolinguistic, all that stuff was, I saw this, I would, you know, I would push this button, which would make this go here. And then all of a sudden I kept following that all the way down into literally the very gaze of God, just pulling apart the threads of the way my experience. And that took me back down into that. I had to go actually go down into that basement on a ceremony with mother and um, feel experience that utter pain. Like it was so bad. Um, I was in the, I, like, I remember it was a ceremony. I'm like, mother helped me. I was getting ready to go into another, I was getting ready to lead a ceremony, a shadow ceremony. So I always want to clear the chamber because I don't want my work to be in the way of your work. And I remember mother help me, mother help me, mother help me. And this feminine voice came up from behind me and just whispered in my right ear, when was the first time you remember asking for your mother's help? And bam, now I'm in the basement. Like I'm in the basement. I'm like, oh, I know this. I know where I'm, I'm just, give me out, give me out, give me out, give me out, give me out. I wanted out so bad. And I could feel the terror of the imminent doom of whatever the monster was that was in the dark that was getting to eat me. And it was so much terror, Randy, that my mind was blotching out. Like I was seeing blotches in my eyes. My mental construct was unraveling. Like it's this ego de uh, deconstruction. And, and I just remember this voice going, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And pop, I came out of the other side. Now, what is the real world value of that? Great. You had this weird experience talking to this plant. And that sounds like all crazy talk. Okay. Yeah. And at some level we're all crazy. So what is real? That's a whole nother, put a pin in that. But the real world impact now is when my wife and I are driving around on date night and she goes, what would you like to have for dinner? And I feel this constriction in my body. I go, wait a minute, am I trapped in that? Now that I know where I'm holding on, I can go, oh, I know what this is. I know where we're at. And I can pause and I can let go where it is that I'm holding on and the hologram, the experience that I'm experiencing, it comes down and now I can see my wife. Very, very interesting. Um... When you did the, the first time you did ayahuasca, did you did you vomit? Were you nauseous at first? Normally, it's 
I'm a bad, I'm a bad person to, again, cause I'm a regular dude. You know what I mean? I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. I'm not any of that. I come from Iowa. I eat steak, like all that. And so when I signed up, I signed up without knowing anything about this mother, <laughs> a, uh, without knowing anything. And I signed up, didn't read any of the emails and I show up on site and we have a medic that reviews everything. And she's reviewing my stuff. And she's like, so how is the dieta for you? There's this thing called a dieta. It's the way that you want to eat preparing. You wouldn't go on a long jury without packing, you know, and, and again, I'm, as I'm saying this to you, I absolutely did not do this right. But you wouldn't go on a long journey without packing, without preparing. And here I was just showing up, like, let's make it happen. Right. I'm, I work for Tony Robbins. Do you not know who I am? Like, I'm ready to go. And she's like, uh, diet. I'm like, what is a diet? She said the diet. I don't know what you mean. She said, well, what have you eaten? I said, well, I had steak last night. I'd steak the night before, like I did not prepare. So yes, the first, the first, and not the first time, practically every time that I've ever drank that it's not called it's not called puking. We call it purging because it's different. It's it, <laughs> the best way to explain it is it sounds like you're hearing somebody drowned in reverse because it's like, <laughs> like it's, it's, there's more coming out than is in there. And it's this black, uh, nasty substance. And, and that purge is, is the, when, when the ayahuasca, it does something, it loosens your, your sphincter muscles. So it'll loosen the, the muscle in your throat, making it easier to purge. And then it loosens the muscle in your sphincter, right in your, in your, at the bottom so that, so that it's easier for this stuff to come out and what it's doing physically, it's typically doing mentally and spiritually as well. So it's loosening all those places where you're holding on. So in the experience, when somebody is purging, typically they're at that basement. And they're holding on to whatever their experience of the basement is. And they don't know where they're holding on. And mother's bringing them more and more closer to it. And then all of a sudden, there's a release. And then typically, you'll see the purge come out. And then we get what's called data downloads. All of a sudden, it makes plenty of sense why I did what I did. How could I not do that with that algorithm loaded clear down there in the deep conscious like that? Right. Yeah, there's... Um... You know, there's other psychedelics. I wasn't sure which one you were going to talk about. I mean, there's ketamine therapy now, which is legal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is microdosing of psilocybin, LSD, things like that. Um, you know, and and so, but they aren't legal yet. But this no, all no. psychedelic work is is going to be very big. It's going to change. It's going to change everything. It's not just the health care. It's going to change the business world. It's going to change sociology like if we give it the full if we give it the seat if you go in and look at psychedelics psychedelics have been used for hundreds of thousands of years by the human population to get clear on what their their axis money to align us with our true our true genius our true source mm -hmm. it's been used for hundreds of thousands of years and it's been taking off the table once we give it that place at the table it starts everything starts to make a lot more sense and so i've i'm a i'm a certified psychedelic integration coach and i've spent the last three years now, I, I did, I did ayahuasca a month before COVID two weeks before COVID. I quit my job with Tony to follow, follow this plant as weird as that sounds right to follow this plant. And so I've worked with uh, mushrooms. Now I've worked with um, ayahuasca. I've worked with people that are doing that are, that are using ketamine. I have a process. Uh, there's an app. It's called the 30 day mental cleanse. You can download it right on your phone. And it's a daily 
uh, a daily exercise to help clean out the looking glass. The second influence point, I call it your plot. Um, really get behind to go, oh, I'm saying this to myself. Oh, I'm saying this. They're not saying this. Ah, oh, I get it. Ketamine, it works really well with. Mushrooms are what I call a, uh, um, it, 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 it gives you cognitive flexibility. So the pattern, the groove, the story isn't as calcified. It's not as hard to get out of the story. And so uh, microdosing is really works really well. Macrodosing works really well. Heroic doses will, could change, change the channel in many ways completely. Ketamine has got this really interesting uh, way it goes about it. And then there's also MDMA, which a lot of my students, um, I've got a couple students now that are working with people uh, helping integration and using shadow work to help with integration from MDMA. What is so MDMA? It, MDMA, they call it, MDMA is, it, it'll be the first, it'll be the first, probably the first um, psychedelic that we'll see go, um, go live from a legality standpoint. Uh, there's a company called MAPS. Uh, if you go research them, um, they've been really on the forefront of this, getting all this done. There's been amazing amounts of grassroots support in the psychedelic community um but mdma um is i think we're at phase three trials now like we expect to see mdna uh, legal for um, um treatment resistant depression fairly soon i mean it's having uh profound results with um uh, soldiers and ptsd and all kinds of things so it's it's a pill it's it's uh, they call it the street the street name is ecstasy oh um, ecstasy. okay yes <laughs> okay yeah, but the um, my clients who have gone uh, done ketamine therapy have not had great results. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it might be the integration. I mean, insight without integration becomes insanity. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be I, very. It can leave you feeling weird, and that kind of continues. So you you know, I don't I don't think they have this down right yet. No, they don't. They're they're the challenge becomes we're trying to get people caught up to speed. Uh, with a very powerful and impactful um, uh, medicine, because that's what it is, and 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 we'll catch up. I mean, we'll get there. But like ketamine, those clients of yours, I would okay. Let's do the mental cleanse. Okay, what is that? Because really, what it's doing, like mother, I'll, I'll be working with somebody. Um, I go in on Saturday morning, and I work with people that are that have set Friday. They drink Friday night, and then. Uh, they can come sit with me and then Saturday night, they'll go through their second ceremony and we'll get people that they'll come in and go, how many people here are considering not drinking tonight? And I'm not, I don't have any judgment. Just where are you at? And we'll get three or four people. And, you know, you'll turn to the one person and go, okay, well, what's going on? Well, um, Friday night, I drank the medicine and um, I just, you know, I, I, I got frustrated. I started looking around. Everybody was getting it around me. I saw this person over here and they were praising God. And I saw this person over here and they were saying, oh, thank you. Thank you. And I saw this and I said, and, and, and how did that make you feel? It made you feel like I was never going to get it. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I, let me ask you, what are you here for? Well, it just feels like everybody around me is getting it, but me like, here we are. Like we're there. It's, 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 you can't heal what you don't feel. Right. And so the medicine brings you closer to it. But if I don't have somebody there that can help me understand that deep conscious programming and help me navigate, because again, I don't have any answers. It's like, well, okay, well, feel that. What is that? And, and where does that come up? Is, is that happening in your life? Mm -hmm. and, and helping them get underneath it so they can see where the algorithm that is the mind keeps, like you said, locking them into the false self. 
And so, yes, without the integration, I think that it can cause, well, I have one client who um, he went and done, he, he tried ayahuasca, then he went and tried something else, and then he went and did some energy work. And so this energy person said, you've got a block somewhere. And again, I don't, I don't myself, I don't, if I can't see it, feel it, tell it, smell it, smell it, touch it, I'm, I'm leery of it. I'm always leery of it. But he went in and removed some, and I use air quotes, removed some block. And then the next thing you know, we spent a year, I, I had him, he was seeing a young analyst. I had him seeing a psychotherapist and we were just trying to get underneath. Uh, he would wake up, he would, in the middle of the night, he would just see these flashes of faces and it was freaking him out. And it, what it was is the mind is built to keep us safe, right? And so now there's this block that is there to keep him safe and it got removed. And when that got removed, a whole bunch of my, and this is all, I'm not a therapist, so I don't know. My judgment is now that algorithm is coming through. And because the mind is not ready to deal with whatever that was, he's just seeing none of this makes any sense because the mind is like, don't look at it. know that that can happen. It can happen. And I, uh, one person, um, uh, this is not my client. Another person worked with uh, them, but they took LSD. LSD doesn't have like mushrooms and ayahuasca. The reason why I typically work with plant medicine is because there seems to be something, the organicness of it is important. Like you can't OD on mushrooms. You can't OD on ayahuasca. As long as you're not taking any SSRIs, any counterindicators, stuff like that, contraindicators, anything like that, you'll be okay. Um, and, and, and you can tell mother like, oh, it's too much pull back. The mushrooms will not, they won't take you any farther than you prepared to go. Whereas LSD, it's, 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 it was made in a, in a, in a, in a lab right. and many times they open. And now there are people that are probably listening to this call that will go, I work with it all the time. I have a great experience. That's perfect. That's awesome. Exactly. Whatever works for you. I have no judgment. And there are people that are very well equipped to deal with. Again, I know somebody that that's their thing. And this person opened up, this one person opened up LSD, opened up doors, and they weren't prepared to deal with the, the light that came in, the awareness that came in. They spent the next five years in uh, spiritual emergence, spiritual emergency. And it's like taking that spiritual emergence and converting it into emergency or emergency and converting it into emergence so they can wake up to whatever it was that they're trying to, like, again, the deep conscious is trying to write itself. It's like, here's the time. It's like, boom, it comes online. They're not prepared to deal with it. So having somebody there that can help them walk through that is vital. Very important. I mean, with ketamine, they, you take it and then you lay there for a certain amount of time. You're yep, not guided, same. you're just laying there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people feel really weird from it and um, not really getting the dramatic, you know, and I'm talking about people who have um, clinical depression, qu- chronic depression with, um, it's, it's not a thought process, it just is there, it's a physical thing. And um, they do this out of desperation, but yeah. Yeah, I've always been a little, I don't think I'm someone that could do psychedelics. It's not for everybody. Yeah, I don't think it's I not could. for everybody. It's I not think, a panacea. Yeah, yeah, I don't it's think I not, could. No, well, you'd be surprised what you could do. I mean, when you say that, you'd be surprised. Like, you know, you probably wouldn't be surprised what the human condition is able to do. Um, you're not. There, there's a lot of story, a lot of layers and layers of meaning that you place on when we talk about, like, for you doing psychedelics. Well, there's the, is it legal? Is it a drug? Is it this? Is it that? We start to get down to what's right, wrong, what's reality. And we start to get down to all the coding that you would have to work through. And it's like, if you've got another way to get to your, 
just sitting around a fire and um, we're talking to somebody and I'm engaged with this gal who um, we're engaged in a conversation and she's part of this bunch of what we call psychonauts all around. These people have been using this. I use it as an entheogen. So I use it to connect to source, connect to God. I'm using it spiritually to try, try to help me connect at a deeper level with who I really am. There are psychonauts that are just using it to kind of on an adventure and all that other. And I'm around a bunch of saying great people, amazing people, most of them beautiful souls. And there's this lady who doesn't No, I don't do. I I did. I did mushrooms a couple of times. I said, well, why do you um, why do you, you know, your husband here, he sounds like quite the psychonaut. Why are you not? She said, oh, I, I found the channel that I want to be on and I'm not changing it. Okay. Right. And if you can find the channel that you want to be on, uh, Timothy Leary said, you know, once you get the message, hang up the phone, <laughs> right? Medicine should be something there's, there's drugs, there's medication, and then there's medicine. Drugs are something that I'm taking to hide my, uh, shut something off, disconnect from, uh, I'm, I'm trying to somehow, you know, when, uh, coming from a, a, a recovery background, trying to kill some part of me off. That's what drugs do. Then you have medication. Medication is meant to numb that pain that you're trying to kill off. Medicine is about going in and healing that pain. And so like I'm working with Amanita Mascara, which is a different kind of mushroom. It's not psilocybin. It's actually legal. It's the true, like when you think of magic mushrooms, you think of the red mushroom with the right dots. Well, that's not even psilocybin. That's a different mushroom right. and it's legal. And so it's like, I'm working with that now, but I'm realizing that I haven't taken, I haven't, I haven't, and usually I take it before I go to bed. I take a microdose. I'm not macro dosing it, not heroic dosing it. I need, I, I haven't even, I a matter of fact, I've been out for a while. Don't have any need to go get more. It's just less and less is needed. Mother, um, the other day I was getting ready to go do shadow ceremony. And as I was getting ready, we were going to go do, cause again, I like to clear the chamber. And I was like, okay, I'm hoping she can really help me with this thing as I'm getting ready to walk out the door. And all of a sudden I get this realization. It's like, you're going to mom's house asking her for money. Like, I hope she can help me with this thing. Right. I'm hoping she could. And all of a sudden in my voice, I, in my head, I hear this, I'm not giving you any more money. You don't need money. <laughs> like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I get it. So I haven't actually sat with mother and I was doing once a month. And now I think I'm doing maybe once every four or five months because it's not as necessary anymore. Cause I'm finding that center in me. I'm finding that balance in me um, where I can, I can live in my story in a way that it, this is my truth. Right. A couple questions. Well, first of all, I just wanted to say um, the reason I would never do it is because I'm hypersensitive to changes in my body mm -hmm. and what, you know, a tiny little bit of something could be, could be the same as a massive amount for someone yep. else. So I would never understand how to do that. The, the other thing I want to say is, um, so you, you say that you're going back into your story. And um, I understand everything that you said. I'm just wondering, because when I work with people, I try to move them out of their story, not just get rid of it, to look at it, deal with it, but understand that it is your story, but it is the past. Um, and we don't want to keep carrying that story around and around and around with us. We, we need to move forward. We, we need to be present. We need to move forward. So 
uh, explain to me why staying in your story is so important. Well, when I say staying under the medicine, you, you want to stick with the feeling. Um, staying in, when I, say, uh, when I say staying in the story, I'm talking about my story, my, my authentic story. My authentic story, there's a, there's a part of me where the mind is going to create meaning. It must have meaning. What I think you're saying, me and you are saying the same thing, but we're saying it in a different way. Okay. When I say that, what I say is this is the story. Because if the mind is going to tell you a story and it's going to tell a story, well, then tell a story worth telling, right? And I've had to go in and look at all these places and through these places now see a timeline that has opened up. I now find my purpose. I can now find my truth. I can find my center. And when I'm in that, I'm the story is coming through me. It's not coming at me. It's not coming from me. It's coming through me, which is sounds woo. I get it. No, but now it's like, <laughs> I, 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 I know that my ego will do what it needs to do to survive because it thinks this is all there is. Right. And if I, my ego is going to be floating down this, this story and it's always in story, like the mind is not wired for rational thought. It's not what it's built off of. You go in and read, uh, we're wired for story or the, the science of story, or you go in, there's, there's all kinds of books that are written for writers that when you go in and you study them, they show you the mind, like narrative transportation is a thing. We're living out of a giant story. We are part of what I believe is a grand story and I get to play a verse. And, but the problem is, is I think the verse is the entire song, right? right. And it's like, like getting out of that and going, okay, but what's my verse? What is the, what is my place, my role in all this? And now I'm co-creating reality. I'm not living in that shell of, of being an orphan. I'm not feeling as though I'm trapped and you're separate from me. Like we start to bleed out of those dual, dualistic expectation. And I believe our society, like we are, we dominate nature. We, we don't feel part of, we feel as though some, like somehow we need to be down. And that's not the case. We are nature. Like we are coming out of nature. We are, we are the, the, the singing, we are the singing, crying, um, uh, all seeing uh, consciousness that sits on top of nature and is now able, in nature can now experience itself through us. And so that's what the ego is for, is for us to now wake up to the fact that we are part of and I get to contribute a verse. And what is the verse that's that's being sung through me in this moment? Are you, that was really woo-woo. Feel like, no, it's not to me. Oh, my okay, gosh. Good. I've been, okay, I've been into good. this stuff for years and years and years. There's no woo-woo with me. Um, I'm completely open to it. Do you feel like humans um, have dominion over animals, that we dominate them, that we're better than them? No, I don't. I think that... I think we have a, we, our current understanding of the way the world works. Like if you see a tree and you look at a tree, you know, 3.5 billion years of evolution says, don't pay attention to that because it's not important. And what happens is you see a tree and if you, you know, in psychedelics, it, it opens you up. It, all your preconceived notions of reality open up and all of a sudden you're seeing more of reality. If you saw a tree for what it is, it's conscious, it's alive, it's breathing, but it's never, a tree has never attacked a human. And so because of that, our consciousness over billions of years has honed down to this expectation of what a tree is. Right. And, and, and so we get past all that. Right. But I'm asking so, you, I, I want to know how you personally feel um, if you feel like you have dominance over animals. Um, hmm. 
dominance over animals. Like in I other believe, words, your life is more important than theirs. No, it's not. And I say that with somebody who eats meat. I say that with somebody. I, you know, that there's the there's the there's the dilemma, right? There's the profound and the profane. No, I'm not anymore. And the more we understand about uh, consciousness, the more we see that. Well, no, a cow is. Really, I mean, when you look at it, they're living a life as if they're just, there's no, they feel things. And, they, and there's intelligence. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they're conscious and they know what's going on, but we have disconnected from that. So do we dominate? We do the way our current society, but the Bhagavad Gita, you know, in the Bhagavad Gita, the very beginning opening, the beginning opening scene, um, the, the, there's a chariot rider who's getting ready. He's the prince is getting ready to go battle for this kingdom. He's fighting his uncles and he's fighting his uh, uh, cousins and everybody's going to die. And he throws down his, uh, uh, flows down his bow and arrow and says, I'm not doing this. It's not worth it. All, everybody's going to die. And Vishnu, which is the incarnation of God is the chariot driver turns to him. He says, I've already killed all these people. All this is already dead. You're how dare you not play the game? So you, no, that's uh, right now we are in a society that dominates, but it, we dominate everything. And we've got to that shadow, we've got to disconnect from that. But we've all, the only way to do that is I can't get you to, to be, I've got to go in and look at that part of me that I'm afraid to look at that, I, that has got me programmed the way and start to unravel that programming inside of myself. And as I do that, then you see that and you do that. And as you see that and you do that, the people around you, your clients are seeing that and they're, and they're doing that. It's not when you do, you're doing that, right, Randy? Like, and, and, and that's now all of a sudden we all come alive and when we got, then we can all say, okay, let's stop doing this. Well, I think because there's we, a huge, I think there's a huge movement yes. of people out of meat and, you know, out of more into plant-based. I mean, that is that the plant-based diet has exploded. A lot of people are switching over, but um, for yeah, me, that's, but, uh, for for me, me like, that, even if I'm walking through the grocery store and I see a slab of meat, I think to, to myself, that poor dead cow, this mm. is just a piece of it. I mean, to me, um, I just think it's, and, and, and I know everybody doesn't feel this way. It's just how it affects me. It's always affected me that way. Even as a child, when my mother was fe feeding me meat, I'd be like, I don't want to put this in my body. Yeah. Um, but there are plenty of people that, that are meat eaters and, um, you know, I was just curious about your, my take was. your particular. Yeah. It's hard because yeah, most of the people that I'm around that I work with, they're vegans, they're vegetarians. And, and I, and I, and I honor that, that they've gotten there. I'm this again, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, as a shadow guide, my first role is to be a practitioner. So yes, there are parts of me that for whatever reason are still attached to um, eating the way that our current society eats. I'm just a work in progress. Mm -hmm. So um, many ways, you know, aren't we all right? And there's my there's my edge, and that's just one yeah. of many edges. I I don't I don't ever sell like it, people come to me. I let them know I don't have any answers, and you're going to see. I'm going to share with you my rawness, and and through that you're going to become aware of your deeper truth. And when we become aware of a deeper truth, again, what right like what I think is right and wrong is really irrelevant. It's can we get to can we get to the depth of it? Can we get to the purity? Can we get past the story and see God? Because when we can see God, then whatever that right answer for you is, will come out. Right. It's this is all just you know it's it's fascinating to me. Um, it's a it's an interesting approach, and I've been doing this show for over twelve years. I've interviewed over five hundred people, and um, every show that I do, 
I'm bringing a different perspective to my audience, because what I want to do is I want to give them the opportunity to see this, hear this, hear this, hear, and then whatever you resonate with, that's what you go with. Nobody's going to resonate with all of it. They're going to find their niche and resonate there. Um, and if I don't do a whole lot of different things, then you know people may not find it uh, because things are different. So there's different ways to do all of this. There's different um, methods, but I, I'm, I'm very interested in this. I think it's I I, I can completely understand why that process would work. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, I agree. It's like there is no pants. It's it's there. Are, there's you know all how many billions of people on the planet that's how many stories we have right. and out of each one of these stories is a different hero's journey and each each person i'm in the hero's journey that i'm in and it cycles and cycles and cycles of hero's journey it's not one it's one big one and then fractally it's a bunch of little ones down to each moment in time it's just another hero's journey and so i'm in that all the time and so i have to find what my truth is i have to find my religion i have to find my core it's funny though when I, the more we get down into it the deeper down we get we find out it's the same core love is always the answer at the end of the day right and we're and and we are we are we all want to be in relation with each other in somehow way shape or form but what gets in the way is shadow what what seems to always get in the way is shadow right. um and and so it, it it i always like to say all roads lead to rome if you're not doing the work here with shadow work that's fine where are you doing the work right. and noticing you, that or what method are you are you using but it is important to to go within and to start taking things apart and um one of the things that i'm really big on working with people is helping them to understand how important they are as an as an identity as exactly who they are with all the faults and the flaws and the quirks and all that and just embracing it and just going well that's me you know um, because uh, having been abused the way they've been abused, they've been told that everything about them is wrong. So well, and they tell themselves that, and that's what creates that false self. Exactly. They, they, are, they. I can't you know, work with a guy. He can't, can't take in kindness. So then there's this other part of him that he hates because I hate that part of me. Then I, I can't accept that part of me. So anytime that part of me comes out, it'll feel like an attack mm -hmm. inside of me. And because the ego wants to keep us safe and any kind of pain it wants to shut down and, and not have you experience, then it projects it out on the wall of my experience. And I experience it typically through those I love the most. Mm. They're going to yeah. feel the brunt of it. They're going to feel the brunt of it because they're the ones safest enough for me to throw this projection on. And we've got to learn that how to wrestle with separate the projection from the reality so we can finally get into real relation with one. Everybody's got to deal with their own stuff. Yep. You, know, you can't come together with somebody else unless you have and have it be a healthy relationship. Um, unless yep. you're both working on it and you're like like you and your wife, you're both aware of what you're doing and you're sort of guiding helping each other through it. Yes. But um, you know, you gotta bring a whole self into a relationship or it's just not gonna work. And, and and how many relationships do we see that aren't based on that, right? Well, they're based yes. on, again, the Jerry Maguire line. So it's like somewhere along the line, about five, they call it the five-year itch, right? Seven-year itch, something like that. You wake up and you roll over and all of a sudden you see them and you go, you're not my father. And she rolls over and, you know, like I roll over and you're not my mother. They're like, whoa, hang on a minute. Who are you? I didn't even know that's what I was doing. Like the, the time to unravel that has begun. And we've just got to come to an agreement as a, 
I believe we all need to come to this agreement. Like I'm going to go do my work and stop thinking that you don't like those people. I don't have shadow. <laughs> Hello, shadow. Like that's your shadow. Like that's the part of you that's caught your, 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 your need to be significant, your need to be healed. The, the sparky little band-aid that you're putting over the wound that you're living through is not helping anything. It's perpetuating the problem, but it's doing it unconsciously, which makes it even more dangerous in many ways. Right. All, all fascinating. Yeah. Um, so Stephen, tell us um, if anybody's interested in working with you, how do they contact you? Do you have a website? I do. Uh, so if you go to Mastering Change, so M-A-S-T-E-R-I-N-G, Mastering Change, because that's what we're all doing. Um, you can find me there. You can download the app, uh, 30 Day Mental Cleanse. If you go to theshadowtribe.com, um, that will take you to a Facebook group. You have to answer the questions because I want to know that you're conscious. If you're not consciously asking to be enrolled in, in, admitted in the group, then we won't, we, we, uh, no harm, no foul, but we won't admit you into the group. And then we have weekly integration groups that we offer that are open so that you can come experience the work at no, you know, no risk. Um, and then we have shadow ceremony, which is an intensive. We're going to drive right down into it. Um, we have one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching that either myself or my students, I can find a student if I'm, I'm doing less and less of that. So it's a little harder to get with me. Um, but I have students that I can point you to that are, that are they're doing this work and they're genius with it. And then we have, um, we have a, an, a group that meets on the back end for those people, people that have been through shadow ceremonies, well, a bunch of advanced trainings as well. Okay. But and mastering change. Physically, you're in Orlando, right? I am physically in Orlando. We a lot we of our, your work is is through Zoom or digital or. Yeah, we can do a lot of. You'd be surprised what Zoom will allow us to do. Uh, we just did a shadow ceremony in Houston here this weekend. Uh, the next one will be in June in Florida, and then there'll be another one in, at the Agape Church. Amazing people there. The Agape Church in Houston uh, in October will be doing a, another shadow ceremony there. So those are live and in person. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. It's so nice to meet you and Thank hear you, all this. Well. I know that you've put a lot into this. You've really invested yourself in learning all these aspects and um, you know what you're talking about, obviously. Um, and you're making sense to me. So, um, you know, just, that's good. You don't know how much of a blessing that is for me. Thank you for that. Cause right. I always think that I, I, in my mind, again, one of the shadows, people are going to think you're crazy. People are going to no, think you're crazy. Because, you know, because, it's just I, my shadow. It's not about you. Yes, Again, notice that not about you at all. Mind. I deal with the mind, you know, and I'm always fascinated in different ways that we can uh, <clears throat> deal with our limiting beliefs and, um, and, and change, uh, create new neuropathways and change our thinking, switch it over. And it's just, it's, it's all very fascinating. The mind is, is amazing. So, um, but it's been really nice to meet you. You as thank well, you. Randy. Thank you for being thank my guest. You. Thank you for having me. You have a great day. Thank you for listening. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye.